Welcome to the Other Side Podcast with Jazz and Steph. I'm Jazz. I'm Steph. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to honor truth. We hope to create a space to learn from one another, from our experiences, and from the folks we talk to. We know that we have the ability to have really powerful conversations that are life-changing and paradigm-shifting and enhancing. And we want to use this podcast as a platform to share that. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Okay. What's up? And uh, today, with us, we have the illustrious Alejandro Larios, pretty cool guy. And we will be covering some of your life experiences and what the other side might look like for you. And with that being said, are you comfortable with introducing yourself? Yeah. Excuse me. I should have done that just a minute ago, right? (laughs) That's life. This is real. real. (laughs) If you've listened to the podcast, you know that we have cat noises in the background. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Alejandro Larios. I am... Uh, son of immigrants from Mexico, from Sonora, Hermosillo. And I grew up, was born in Los Angeles, California, but grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, in West Phoenix, and have, you know, grew up in a working class neighborhood uh, with a lot of really vibrant, brilliant people, and uh, just kind of growing through, going through a lot of growing pains. uh, And it's been it's been a blast to experience um, experience it and be where I am today and just kind of get a chance to look, reflect, and uh, yeah, break that down a bit. Great. Thank you. Um, so today we're going to talk, we're going to start with your childhood. If you're cool with that, like just give us a little idea of what that looked like. Um, so tell us what life was like growing up. So you grew up in... <clears throat> Sonora or no, you grew up here in Phoenix. So at six months, I got shipped over to Hermosillo with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I'm the, I'm the oldest of, of four. So I got the special treatment, <laughs> getting grounded for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I was out there. I spent um, a few months out there and then back to Los Angeles where, you know, Hermosillo is the capital of Sonora, mm-hmm. but it's very much like Phoenix in the eighties. It's a, big city but it's a small city mm-hmm. uh, or in the 90s and um, and so my mom just wasn't very comfortable with the LA vibe and mm-hmm. and the madness of it so we moved to Phoenix when I was four and uh, and every summer every other summer sometimes I would get sent over to Hermosillo to spend time with my family out there my cousins who were significantly cooler than I was <laughs> me and my friends for sure and um, and so yeah that was that really shaped me a, a bit but I grew up playing soccer and basketball um, since I was a little kid. I, you know, I remember the thing I remember most was like learning about <clears throat> in school uh, history. I, I always loved it. And so, you know, the world wars, one and two, of course, and, uh, uh, you know, social issues. So like, you know, I thought Cesar Chavez was like coolest human being, <laughs> MLK. And, mm. and I was like, MLK is the best. And then I heard about, Malcolm X. <laughs> and I was like, yo, <laughs> this guy's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that always shaped me as in like, it was never in question, the work they did and the impact that it had, you know, like, oh, and this is why we live in such a beautiful world today. Mm-hmm. And then getting older and I'm like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. where are they? Come back. <clears throat> but um, Were you a good student? Would you have, Did you consider yourself a good student growing up? I don't have a yes or no question answer for that mm-hmm. because my teachers would, would say, 
some of them, not all of them, of course, would mm-hmm. say, you're my brightest student. And mm-hmm. then they would also say, why are you failing my class? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so they liked me. Mm-hmm. They also felt that some, some of them would feel like I wouldn't focus, but I would contribute. Uh, you know, if I was challenged, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was the fastest English learning student from like, they would divide us, you know, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And I remember being the, like, I guess most proficient boy, English mm-hmm. reading boy in mm-hmm. class. Because yeah. they would always, like, have us compete. And, of course, we would always get mauled because, you know, we were just a few years behind. Oh, is that uh, in the English as a second yeah. language experience? I was always in ESL. Okay. And always. I wanted to note that I picked up right away that you probably have a deep appreciation for history and social studies oh yeah yeah like i sensed it right off it's just uh, some of the same things you were saying oh yeah 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 i I loved it i think i just can't stress how when i when i look at things today i'm like well we've seen this before yeah like Mm -hmm. we've seen this over and over there was this book i read that was i think it was called um oh goodness it's uh it was written by a professor from mit an iranian iranian american professor and he writes about how, how like, we're just so easy to read as people. Like we, we're just machines with the formula, and we just mm. behave a certain way, mm-hmm. predictably irrational, or irrationally predict. No, predictably Pred- irrational. Yeah, that yeah. sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he just discusses just the science of just how we think and how our brain works. Which I mean, there's endless amount of, you know, books and journals on that. But this one specifically was around. We just we just behave a certain way we just we just do and so it just happens over and over and over which is fine that's how we're wired mm-hmm. but it's not fine when every 50 years we think we're starting over and it's <laughs> the first time <laughs> right and so uh, the infamous history repeating itself yeah it's just annoying when it's you know when it when, when people's lives are at risk yeah at risk being ruined being taken from them you know even today we're the most academic friends I have are having this conversation about social issues and inequality and and privilege. And this came up a lot in the 2016 election and, and people just pushing back on the presidential uh, Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton, and, and just the privilege of, of being able to not go full force and support, right? the cause as opposed to feeling alienated or more importantly we're having these issues about we're having these discussions and i'm sure if you're friends with a bunch of these same folks which i'm sure you are like conversations are being had but you know what's a bigger privilege is we never have to think about you know a bomb being dropped on our our hood right and like Mm -hmm. that's happening i mean iraq is like an absolute mess Mm -hmm. you know i mean i I hate to like defend saddam but had Mm -hmm. we just left that guy doing his thing, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives would have been spared, you know, or like same thing in Libya. And so we don't talk about that. All these like folks that are like, oh, human rights and justice. Like, yeah, for sure. Like here at home, some could argue. Human rights with a nationalist twist. It's a nationalist twist because we're not talking about how, you know, even like, you know, I'm a registered Dem, Democrat. Iran is a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. But let's have an honest conversation about how many Democrats have excused war overseas. And we want to talk about privilege. Like 
you know, people, people's lives are being taken from them. They're traumatized for life. Their, their cities, not, not towns, their cities mm-hmm. are being destroyed. Yeah. And we're not having that conversation. That's privilege. We don't have to think about yeah. that. Yeah. So taking that back to what you were saying, your deep appreciation for history, you feel like it's a lack of knowledge that we just keep repeating these mistakes that, yeah. is that where you were? Yeah, but I, I, I do think there's an effort to keep that conversation from being mainstream. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. this is I a always... whole nother podcast. But... Right. <laughs> right, I know, but I like where this is going. Yeah, the systemic, <laughs> intentional systemic mm-hmm. uh, implementation of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. It, because it, if we knew more... Oh right. yeah, we, we would Access pressure to yeah. real information, the truth. Mm-hmm. And as long as like power is connected to money, which mm-hmm. you know, it is, because mm-hmm. well, money is power. Money right? is power, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it's all in the control of like what life is, which are natural resources, you know, mm-hmm. water and land, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and 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 so that has always in the history of humankind been a struggle, right? Yeah. Kings and queens, like emperors, like expanding more food, right. more land, it's not a new yeah. thing. more power. Yeah. yeah. And so today it's, yeah, it's government. And, oh, well, we get a vote. And we have representative mm-hmm. representatives that we elect that go and choose on our behalf, but it's still the same shell and BP are still calling the shots. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon's calling the shots. Google's calling the shots. Right. So follow that money. Yeah. Follow the money. And you well, see that money that. in abundance of controlled chaos. Yep. See, look what I did. I fixed this. Yeah. yeah. So keep me in power. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. But we're, you know, um, we're not having these conversations where it's just, you know, like I find myself critiquing like ne- mm. n- n- neoliberalism more mm-hmm. than I do like conservatism, mm-hmm. but it's because this is my camp. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll That's the part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with these folks on the other side later. Yeah. yeah. Um, my camp is. Come correct. Off. Yeah. 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 I think this is the <laughs> perfect example. I think it is changing because three people like in our generation can't yeah. even sit down to like talk about our nice old childhoods yeah. or something without oh right gosh. getting into no really though I was getting a good into goalie, this. by the way sorry <laughs> what awesome. is important I wanna know, I'm glad we had those from yeah. that that conversation because I want to know were you putting the you know kind of the heat on other people with those questions mm. or challenging people growing up and like well you know have you thought about this or no? Actually, I don't think so because this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my high school teacher being like, I, I went on a rant in class, my history teacher. And he was just a sad, mm-hmm. upset, bitter man. Mr. Nestelle, if you're out there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're calling him I out. I appreciate you. <laughs> and I hope you're feeling better because he was awesome. Oh. He was just mad. He was just yeah. angry. I don't know why. Wow. He was just angry. Maybe somebody was taking from his bucket. Yeah. Maybe. I challenge you to listen to the episode that will probably come out before this. <laughs> okay. And you'll understand why. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I don't know why he was upset. But... but you would. You would push back and say, actually, this is what I read or this is it what It wasn't so much is, pushing or... back mm-hmm. on what he said because I think he was very – he was just push information mm-hmm. and make us question things. I think, he, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if anything, I saw myself in him being frustrated with, like, People just accepting the madness, Maybe, how it yeah. is. I mean, because I'd like to think, like, when we're kids, we have this... As a kid, I was very much like this. Um, we have this really good moral compass. Like, we know right from wrong. We wouldn't ha- want to harm animals. We wouldn't want to harm our neighbors. We want everybody to be okay. And then, you know, adults... Don't wanna, I don't want to call them failed adults. But, like, adults are like, well, you'll live one day and then you'll get it. Mm-hmm. And I do get that. 
The but, real world. The right. real world, but really, it's like that because well, we've all accepted it. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, that person's homeless? Like, yo, we have a backyard, we can build a little house. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, you can't do that. That's right. not sustainable. Or, you know, whatever. So You see <clears throat> a solution as a kid, too, and you just think, well, it's possible. We could do it because yeah. we have all these but things you, that... Yeah. But then as an adult, it's like, no, no, no. That this Didn't isn't going to work kid. out because of this, this, yeah. this, and this. I just imagine like in a different planet, in a different universe, let's say an alternative version of Earth where people um, were just educated better to like life or what is really valuable, which mm-hmm. is life. You know? mm-hmm. And technologies in advance and whatnot. And they come here and they're like, oh my gosh, mm. y'all really live like this? Yeah, like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> You, you think you're free and you work 80 hours yeah. a week or 70 hours a week or you know xyz i think they would just pull their hair out and be like wait your your forest is burning and mm. y'all are chilling like yeah you're dumping what into your ocean like what yeah this and is, you're doing this voluntarily yeah and you, you really, know the solution and you choose jam? not to right yeah. and y'all right. know right like wait y'all have all of the information mm-hmm. you have a search engine where you can find the answer to anything right and, and you have the tools to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I'm right. guilty too. Right? Yeah. 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 We all have to yeah. check I'm, out at some point. You guys can ask me any questions. Just don't open my browser history. Also, yeah. yeah. Googleton like, University. What did you yep. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> University. Like, what did you search? Why would you do that? That's so true. Like, why would you look that up? So what did you want to be when you grew up then? Um, <laughs> a lawyer, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. When I was a little kid. I was like, I want to be a lawyer and I want to do the work. And, and it's like such a good answer to give. So I don't want to sound like ridiculous, but that's really what I want to do. I was like, yeah. well, my parents tell me I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. 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 Except go to law school because you argue so much. That's what they would say. Yeah. And, and I literally said, well, I would argue so much. And actually, and here's a little plot twist. I was talking about this the other day, how Catholicism really shaped my view on like social justice. Because hmm. like, they're like, wait, Jesus said what? I'm like, okay. He was like chilling, like, you know, just like sandals and whatnot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was. I mean, that's, you know, and reading and, and just seeing like, oh, okay, so everyone in, that I love in my life is telling me that like God is like the supreme good, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I'm learning about Catholicism. I'm like, all right. And I'm reading and I'm going to classes and they're telling me that Jesus said it's easier for, you know, uh, uh, like to fit a camel through the I have a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. I'm like, all right, all right. Like yeah. challenging the bourgeoisie. Like mm-hmm. I dig it. Shalom. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, telling people to, you know, the first person free of all sin and cast the first stone and everybody being like, all right, I'm a children. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, like I dig this protect the weak, you know? And, and, and then at the time I was learning a lot about saints. So like St. Michael was just like this dude with a sword that would just like, fight evil and i'm yeah. like ah oh, like mm-hmm. like like malcolm you know like mm-hmm. by any means necessary kind of thing so like it was easy for me to kind of see that contrast like right and wrong um and and so it was just hard for me not to think that way as a kid is like we deserve a better world kind of thing mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong like i was really obsessed with like cartoons and basketball like every kid i wasn't right. anything like special but I just couldn't not think about these things because I, I don't know. I just couldn't. And, and as an adult today, like 30, 
years later, like I'm the same way. I'm just like, I get distracted with anything and yeah. I try to get more distracted with things, but I can't not think about these things. And you know, mm-hmm. so. yeah, you just <laughs> cannot help yourself. Just... You relate like not you attract a certain kind of person I apparently do. because it sounds like what I call natural, naturally curious. I feel like I've always been that way. And then I get engulfed in these things and my mind goes in all expansive places and I'm in this world of wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can relate with you. Alejandro, I hear you. (laughs) Okay. That's legit. So were those conversations happening in your households or where where did you get this sense of like, this is what's good and right? Um, I mean, I know you said that Catholicism was kind of a guiding light for that, but it is. Yeah, I think... I think Catholicism, it wasn't like, oh, this is bad because mm-hmm. God said it was bad. Um, I think, if anything, I think I had that moral compass and then I loved history and I just thought it was so interesting. I'm like, wow, this is crazier than the movies. Mm, like, yeah. this for real happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of course, it was like back then when people were less intelligent, I, guess, mm. I thought. <laughs> no. Um, but might not be the case we might be less yeah I probably we're pretty distracted yeah yeah for sure right I think we just have less critical thinking skills because everything's so easily computed Mm -hmm. I mean and we have we have more access to more information than ever yeah so we could probably pass a lot more quizzes than back in the day right absolutely and no real time to examine yeah. yeah. Philosophers were examining. Right. And they had right. time to examine. Okay, and then pontificate time. about yeah. it. Yeah. And we're just over here like, um, so what's the cure for my itchy finger? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is time? What and even... what is examination? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Philosophy. So <laughs> that's what's in your Google search. Yeah. And these are the yeah, kinds of things you're looking things, up. Yeah. And then coffee. Like coffee, coffee, like, coffee. coffee. <laughs> and then like what is it? What is it? baby jaguar look like at three days like, <laughs> that is fun okay so yeah we have to compare uh, google, google searches, searches. no Let's kidding on a dating app i used to be on like you know how it has you put your bio and i think one of the prompts is um i don't i don't know if it was like what i would never want you to see or if you really wanted to know me you would it was like look at my search engine history because then you'd realize I'm winging life completely oh, like sometimes I'm like how to talk to my kids about their day yes. I mean like I don't know yes. how to do anything yes. in life at all yes right or I had to google the other day how many miles until empty in a Toyota Prius like how did people even function yeah. in life before the yeah. internet I, I couldn't I don't, yeah I would, I would die my wow. kids wouldn't be alive yeah. cats would be dead <laughs> yeah for sure um, okay, let me try to get back on yeah. my, that was great, oh, by the way, yeah, I don't even <laughs> know where we are in this anymore. Um, so you at, so at what point did you move to Phoenix then? Well, so I was, I was four, I was four, four. And, okay. and that's when I started school. I started school. I was the youngest in my class usually. Mm-hmm. I started school Same. when I was, yeah, Dang, mm-hmm. that. Um, hmm. and so I was always a little younger than all of my friends, which made a big difference when I played sports because I wrestled mm-hmm. and I got mauled by like, I was 11, I got mauled by 13 year olds. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you're that age, like it's a big gap. It's a mm-hmm. big and gap. You're, you're like still playing with action figures and your teammate is like going through all these hormonal changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's how I, I was. And then okay. to answer the last question really quick, <laughs> I was having these conversations at school mostly okay. with, with teachers and, um, I was, I would never talk about 
social issues with my friends ever mm. or feelings really it was just Same. more like in yeah. class yeah like mm-hmm. talk about this and i'm like that's so unjust and how could we let the nazis do that and mm. like oh my gosh i would never allow that i would never mm-hmm. i would take a plane to <laughs> germany with a handgun i would say <laughs> michael would... that s yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i would say michael yeah catholicism dies hard i was yeah. raised catholic too. yeah i so, still every single time i lose something i'm like dear saint matthew like please help me find my keys <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or I pass a Catholic church. I'm doing the sign okay. of the cross. I like, do I it, can't. and I'm not even. Oh, I love being Catholic though for a long. Or I would do time. it for anybody in peril that I perceive through struggling. Mm-hmm. Yes, let me yeah. get my cross right. in because I'm hoping. Right. For you. I sleep with the rosary. It's yeah. a weird thing, but yeah, yeah. yeah Catholicism. Uh, anyway, that's I digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in Phoenix. Yeah. What? So now I guess catch us up to what? What does life look like after? I don't know what high school. Like, where did you go from there? Talk about your yeah physical so, feats i know you're um so i went to elementary school at pt co on, on mm. for those in phoenix like on 39th mm-hmm. avenue and thomas explain that acronym i couldn't tell you it's somebody's name pt co oh yeah. p-t-c-o-e mm-hmm. yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it is someone i used to Do people often facilitate it workshops for there. as a tangent or no I thought it was like parent-teacher conference, though. Yeah. That's not what it means. Okay. That is not. So, Do we want to know? More in high school. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll be on this. On this. You okay. continue the conversation. And then in high school. Yeah. And then I uh, went to middle school, which is right down the street from my house. Um, fun fact, I, I wrestled with uh, our team went to state twice in cool. one. That was neat. I didn't win anything, but I was on the team. <laughs> Warming the bench. You were there. Oh, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Rooting for for sure. Oh, <laughs> high school. I went to Alhambra High School. Um, I almost went to Maryville, mm-hmm. and so I think my life would have been really different had I. That's gone where to I'm moving, Alhambra. So, I didn't mean to disclose that, but it's too no, late. Well, it's, well, well. well, I live close to it, so. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still live close to Alhambra, and um, went to Alhambra. Uh, I wasn't sure. Both of my parents, my my mom would clean houses, and my dad had an automotive shop. So I was kind of a bit of a mechanic, like a gearhead mm. when I was in, in my teens. And um, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I think you get to a certain point and then you realize like, oh, like we're poor uh. and we're not, we don't, we're not made from that cloth. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go to law school. Like that's uh, not, that's yeah. not a thing we do. Like mm-hmm. none of my friends are talking about school. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. we're talking about cars and toys you know did the identity of working class family because that was like a it's like a thing Mm -hmm. that was pretty coined when we were growing up Mm -hmm. working class family working class i didn't even know that was us yeah yeah. that resonate with you i never never, knew that was yeah i thought we were just you just you grew up in your environment yeah this is life but Mm -hmm. i do remember thinking because i was in like they weren't anything serious but i was in like little gangs or little Mm -hmm. crews yeah yeah and i just thought shout out to the hoochie crew (laughs) I just remember like seeing cop cars around and feeling some sort of way like it was them against us or they were mm. patrolling us as opposed to feeling like oh they're keeping safe. our neighborhoods yeah, yeah. Right. it was not ne- that was never a thing like they're keeping us safe and so uh you just kind of accept that and i remember thinking and i don't know why i thought this but it's not like i've ever accepted or rejected the idea of like reincarnation mm-hmm. but i remember thinking like well I guess in this life, like, I'm not going to be that person that goes to school and gets a law degree and, like, 
goes to dinner parties mm. and listens to NPR in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just not me, right? So right. maybe next lifetime, like for this lifetime, mm. like I'm just gonna work on cars. And if I'm successful, it's because I'm gonna work hard and open my own shop and mm. fix a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get like an Audi in there, you know. <laughs> um, and that was it. Dun dun. Like that's gonna be my life. And I'm sorry. Was that the Law and Order sound? No. Okay. In, in Spanish, they're like. Yeah, so to kind of summarize it, I just kind of accepted like my place in the social ladder or mm-hmm. yeah, in that scale. And mm-hmm. maybe I could like make the best of it and be amongst like the more successful because my dad's a mechanic, his mm-hmm. dad was a mechanic my my you know uncles are are mechanics Mm -hmm. and so that's it but my brothers my siblings are brilliant so i'm like all right y'all need to focus on school so like Mm -hmm. you know push hard like my younger brother who's nine years younger like you need to go to asu like i got lucky and went to glendale community college you know Mm -hmm. after high school again my counselor was just like just graduate please (laughs) oh your high school setting the standard, oh, they set a standard for failure. Oh, really? And, and I remember I told my counselor, hey, my brother, who was two years younger, is super smart. This kid always got on a roll in like, elementary school. I'm like, you have to challenge him and put him into like a better math class. He's a whiz. And she literally laughed. And she's like, he's Alarios. Like, oh. she didn't call me bra, but she was like, bra. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you might not even graduate with your class. And Really, you're gonna tell me Alario? So I'm like, yeah, I know I have C's, but I'm not a mm. dummy, I swear. But maybe I am. Whatever. No. <laughs> and so that was, yeah. And so, you know, how I, how my perspective, I challenged that like norm was, I went to this house party and I met this gal, and we like clicked, right? Um, and how I ended up at this house party that no kid from the West Side would have been invited to, was music. Like it was a band playing, and my brother was the drummer in this band. Mm. So. I got invited and all these kids from like North High and and uh, Xavier and St. Mary's were there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking they were so cool because they were just, the conversation was just like, the quality of the conversation was really neat. And so I remember being intrigued and, and making friends and they were a couple of years younger than me at the time I was like about to hit 20. And I remember I met this gal and she we like kind of like we're seeing each other that summer and I remember th- the conversations we were having were like they were like oh I'm gonna go to this school I'm gonna go to NYU I'm gonna go mm-hmm. to Georgetown and I remember one of them was like what about you and he's like oh I'm so embarrassed <sighs> I'm so embarrassed it's just for a year to like get my GPA up but I'm going to ASU mm-hmm. and I remember thinking are you kidding me yeah. like ASU is out of reach for me like I've never once thought I could get to ASU yeah. and this guy's embarrassed and I've spoken to him I don't think he's like that much smarter than I am mm-hmm. so how and and it just hit me wow it's where I grew up mm-hmm. one of the gals she met well and she, and she asked me about my growing up because I was the only like Latino guy in that circle mm-hmm. and she was just like where'd you grow up oh 40th and Osborne what was it like oh. there was just cop cars and helicopters all of the time a lot of cop cars everywhere and her reaction was legit. Like she was like, "Oh, so you must have felt safe." 
and it like oh. hit me like mm. are you Completely kidding me yeah. Yeah, yeah like to her that means safety mm-hmm. and like you know i hope that if i have kids that's their reaction but yeah. that is not our reaction mm-hmm. like i've been arrested i I was playing fireworks once and I got like shoved on the ground by the cop mm. who was angry. Mm. I wasn't even like, I wasn't doing anything, but I, I've had my ideal, you know, my yeah. fair share of like seeing angry, power hungry cops. Right. So I'm like, wow. Mm. And it hit me. That's my environment. It's yeah. where I was raised. It's the school I was at. And that's the difference. Cause these kids are only like three, four miles six miles away from where I was and right. their life was night and day. I mean, mm-hmm. they lived in the, some of them lived in the Encanto district. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just blown away. And that actually led to me. Uh, I got a few jobs in the corporate sector. I was just, I just hated it. I had already accepted also like this is, I'm going to be in sales my whole life, but this is how mm-hmm. I move up the ladder. I'm wearing, yeah. at least I'm wearing a tie now. <laughs> and, um, and then just one day I was in working in the banking sector. I was like four years in. I was like, I'm sick of this. I hate this. I'm selling my car, which was like my biggest car payment. I mean, my biggest payment besides my house. I'm selling my car and I'm going back to school. I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, enough. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be a lawyer. And and so uh, when I, I had to pick a program, sociology was perfect because it explained how had I been born in North Scottsdale, you know, you'd see like billboards around town that are like, you know, Lario's and partners, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. you know, like, hey, you got into a car accident. I can get you out of it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Something's, you know, yeah. silly. Uh, and yeah, I think that was a wake up call for me. And, and then, and, and that's how I ended up. Yeah. Studying that. I think it was, it was, it was mind blowing and, mm-hmm. and seeing like actual formulas and, 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 and academic reviews and books and endless amounts of people that have dedicated their entire academic lives and professional lives to like explain these things mm-hmm. I'm like oh my gosh i lived through like half of these like, <laughs> yeah and uh and then eventually that's how i ended up getting into wanting to get into politics formally because hmm. um, i had always been critical of i guess our presidents or government in their role um i was like super angry during the, the whole Bush administration, like mm-hmm. all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time I was still in high school. Yeah, I was still in high school. I had just started high school when George Bush won his first election. I was in high school, I was a freshman when 9-11 happened. And I remember being angry, like, why are we going to Iraq? Like, what does that have to do with 9-11? Are you mm-hmm. kidding? Why isn't anybody questioning this? I'm a kid, why, why am I asking yeah. these questions? <laughs> why isn't like... Yeah, these adults, why aren't yeah. these adults, why aren't these journalists pushing back? Like, I don't understand, mm-hmm. I don't get yeah. it. Teachers help me, and they're like, You have a good point. I'm like, mm-hmm. What are we gonna do about it? I don't know, I don't have any answers. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. So, 9 11 was a big turning point for me, too, realizing, like, what are we doing? Why are we making the decisions we're making? This doesn't make any sense, and hearing it justified over and over and over again, even by the adults in my life, like, Well, we're doing this because, like, no, that doesn't. What you're saying doesn't make, it's not based in reality. Yeah. That was the... I just realized, and that's something worth examining. Mm. When I started getting involved in any town type work, Mm -hmm. the social justice program you and I met through, Mm -hmm. was around the time of 9-11. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that was a formative event in either 
maybe like solidifying different biases that Mm -hmm. some people held even in our age group like oh yeah this other is scary I knew what my parents were saying was right like this is justified like we need to go police the world or wait what none of this makes sense the fact that we're invading this other country and this doesn't justify this and Yeah, I think it was a really big event. And for why a lot of is someone in our asking me why I'm crying right now mm. in my classroom? Oh, people are dying. That's what I yeah. ju- that person jumped, and something in this world created that climate hmm. mm-hmm. to where something like this was thought of and done by multiple humans, and it just kept spilling over and over. Something has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting that we all are like, oh, this is so, I don't even know where this episode is, which is, I mean, really, what else did I, the other day I was joking that like, like text messages or messages from him in general. Hey, what's going on? It can never be casual. It's like this effing gender wage gap or you, you're like zero to a hundred. <laughs> and like time <laughs> to stop. I'm going to push you, Stephanie. What? Stop questioning whether what? or not we're on task because... <laughs> You said wing it, and also this is okay. Powerful. I said wing it and had a completely thought out plan it's not and like, outline. We're still talking. He knows what he's doing. He's calculating, and I yeah, think that your life is is built for being told in a film or a short <laughs> series. Maybe we'll I would work love on that to next. see that. Wow, I would love to go. see it. I'm gonna have to okay. add some spice to it. Yeah, Who said? get a little slow. I don't know. You probably have some that you haven't. Okay, revealed I do on have this. some stories I can't. Yeah. I can't tell. Like oh, good. Are they going to come out now on the podcast? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll shut no. it off and then. We're going to leave okay. it for the film. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We got to yeah, leave them wanting gotta, more. Yeah. Some, some of the stories like when I've traveled that I get myself into, mm. I'm just like, this is happening. Yeah. Why, why tell it? Like people are going to, cause yeah. people exaggerate to like make things mm-hmm. more interesting. And I'm like, uh, it's just an experience I had. And it's it okay matter. if yeah, it stays yeah, there. I wanted to ask you about your traveling because so hearing, you know, like where you came from and all of these experiences you had, mm-hmm. um, what made you decide I'm going to go take all these really cool trips? How did you make that happen for yourself? Or, <laughs> this is something you know, that don't, yeah, yeah, you took trips? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I try to travel. Like I just have that like curious, a curious mind. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've always loved is um, the idea of like photojournalism. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's so ex- interesting you know we get caught up in this world view that's especially like a country like the united states that's very isolated for being the most influential country in the world it sure as hell doesn't know anything about it <laughs> and so uh, it's part of our culture like we just don't discuss we just don't discuss it unless you're an immigrant or uh you know like a from an immigrant family you just have no business learning about unless you're ordering from like an Italian restaurant. You have no business like yeah. or like the cultural norm is something outside of your culture. Mm-hmm. You have to know the other culture to survive or assimilate or acclimate. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, you know, it, like in Europe, everything's so close. So if you're Italian, well, maybe Italians are a bad example, but like if you're if you're a Brit, chances are like you've you've traveled a lot so you're somewhat cultured right mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. because your neighbor's a spaniard or you took a trip in summer to spain you know that's cool but in the states well i went to vegas so traveling to other states is not the same kind it's not of experience the same yeah. as traveling yeah. to another country and i think that's like 
geographical, obviously, mm-hmm. but also like European. We don't, we don't, we're not into European stars. You know, we don't listen to like English rap. Mm-hmm. It's good, but we don't listen to it. Why it would we? is. Yeah, but why would we? We have like a lot of American stuff, or yeah. like we don't listen to like music or or watch foreign films. Like if you watch foreign films, you're a nerd. So oh, yeah, my mom's coming. Response. I don't know what they're saying. If you if you just pause for a second, you can hear them speaking English with an accent. <laughs> like you oh, can, they're actually they're saying English words. With, okay, yeah, yeah, no yeah. subtitles. Yeah. There. <laughs> wow, mom. If you're listening. No, she does now. She loves does Australian she? humor. She loves British humor. British humor. Yeah, yeah, and I've gotten her into subtitles. So like it's that. it's working. Some somebody I read this somewhere that said. Australians are just British Texans. Yes. And I was like, that's the realest. Sorry, Australians. Yeah, sorry, Australians. But yeehaw. Oh, wow. Y'all in Australia. Wow. In Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're always with their. Yeah. Uh, was it? That's not a knife. This is a knife. Do you remember that from that movie, Crocodile? No, down, down. I don't remember. I'm from not, not I've been Dundee, going no? with that stereotype. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna shade him like that. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Texan Texans Brits. are. Texans <laughs> are, are yeah. That's fantastic. But uh, uh, but traveling, I think it was more like I need to do this. I think my biggest fear has always been like not living, mm. you know. And I know you just asked like, why travel? And I should say like, oh, I love photos see and what you mean and food. But yeah. for me, it was like. I was in my 20s and be like, wow, I still haven't traveled. Mm. And I was, when I was young, I always had like younger folk, I mean, older folks that would say, when I was in my teens, like, oh, the whole world's ahead of you. And they would look at me with like eyes of what it would be like to be young again. Mm. And they would say, you have a whole life ahead of you. Whatever you do, live it. And sometimes that was the message that was consistent. Sometimes you would have like, guys would say mijo no te cases don't get married don't have kids like just mm-hmm. live life other times they would say um and, and, c- and keep in mind this is coming from folks that would get married when they were 20 21 mm-hmm. so you know consider that but but they would say like don't get married don't have kids live your life pursue your dreams but the look on their face is the one i don't i don't remember what exactly what they said i remember the message but i remember the their eyes when they would look at me strangers mm-hmm. uncles like when strangers would tell me that, I would just be like, wow, these people feel like maybe in their next lifetime, like I was saying earlier, they would have done that, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe in the next lifetime, they would have taken that risk. So I was just like, wow, I, I felt this sense of urgency to just live. Like years go by, I kept saying, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school. When I'm 21, I'm going to go back to school. Man, if I had started when I was 18, I'd almost be done. And then I was 23. Mm-hmm. Wow. Had I gone when I was 21, yeah. now I'm 23, going to 24, mm-hmm. I'd be finished now. And then at 25, I was like, oh my gosh, we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Had I started when I was 23, when I realized mm-hmm. when I was 21, had I started at 18, right? Mm-hmm. So the same Easy thing to goes to like, up in that. super, yeah. Day to day, week to week, year to year. And for me, traveling was, I have to do this. Like I, I It's always been a lifelong dream. Yeah, a thousand dollar ticket is not something I just can just fork out. Mm-hmm. But somehow I always find money for other things. Mm-hmm. Somehow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone has like a new phone, a new iPhone, a new laptop, a new TV, or upgraded their car. Like, yeah. there's no way I can't not go. So when I went, I just, I just did my best to just really take it in, and and so that's how I've 
I think it's that fear of like not living that really pushed me to like travel. And when I traveled, I mean, this could be a whole nother topic, but <laughs> just really opening my perspective, um, which was really humbling mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why I would do a lot. Thank you. It's very inspiring in the least, I mean, not in the least cliche sense. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you for this conversation. I'm about to be a boss. <laughs> <laughs> What is your, I'm dying to know, your decision-making process look like when you decide, like, okay, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to be a politician. I'm going to open a coffee, <laughs> coffee shop. shop. Or, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Is it just like, yeah, like, let's do that. Why not? Or do you have some sort of process? For sure process. Okay. Yeah, for sure process. Uh, all of those things, uh, I think it's, 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 it's a balancing act between realizing where you're at, like understanding, okay. I'm well aware that I'm not the brightest person that could possibly run for office. It's not to say that I don't think I'm bright. I just know some like brainiacs, right? But who's doing these things? Who are shaking up the world? You know, who's leading or who's influencing? What was the difference between them and that brainiac that I know? Mm-hmm. And it was like the sense of urgency, the confidence, whether they were aware of the consequences of failure or not whether they really believe they were the best or not, it doesn't matter. Like they're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to, in a way, lose respect and take those like challenges off of a pedestal Mm -hmm. and realize like, I grew up in a, you know, I I barely passed from a failing school in a neighborhood that just expected me to not get someone pregnant and finish high school on time. And I'm winning. Mm -hmm. Um, And my parents, you know, they, they came they came here to give us a better life and I'm forever grateful, but you know, they didn't, it's not like they were like, Oh, let me talk to you about investments or let me talk to you about an academic career, what that looks like. Right. So I have to just believe in myself, despite me knowing like my uh, capabilities or my, uh, and this is like really humbling. Like I'm really not all that. Right. But it's not about that. It's about just doing it. And then logistically speaking, like, does it make sense? Like, can I, can I, like when running for office, it was like, can, would I do a better job than like the other folks in that position? Mm. And then I'm like, okay, the answer in my opinion is yes. Right. Okay. I feel like I can. Can I, do I have a chance at winning? Cause I'm, I'm okay with rebelling, but I also don't want to waste my time or other people's time. Yeah. Okay. I think I could possibly win. What would be the consequences of me making that decision? You know, oh, well, you know, I'm big on privacy, but like that's out the window, right? And then for, you know, in certain ways, um, you know, I'm not going to be making a lot of money as a legislator. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, That's fine. You know, all of these things. And then I say, okay, um, I think that I can do it. And in that case, I know a lot of other people that have, they go gone through that process they would probably do a better job than I would. But the difference was that I took it off of a pedestal because a lot of these people that have done things have just normalized, I guess, taking that chance. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I decided to run was because I really wholeheartedly felt that, well, first of all, like I grew up here, I went through that whole, like, you know, being at the bottom in that hood to like moving up to where I got to, travel to Europe and come Mm -hmm. back and 
you know, talk about it and, you know, all that good stuff. So, yeah. uh, so that's kind of how just having the courage, but I, again, I mean this in like a very like humbling way. I don't think that I'm extraordinary by any means. I just think that what is special is my willingness to like, just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what separates me from like other people. And I would love to encourage anyone that is more qualified than I am to also do it because the people doing it aren't half as good as you are. Mm. So like, it's easier to just, it's easy to just say, do it, you know, just do it. But it's tough. You know, Mm. I, I, I assemble a team around me and I check in with them. What do you think? Mm. Think about running for office. I know this is crazy. What do you think? And I get answers from don't do it to, I think you'd be great to, I think you would be great at it. I just don't think that you would be happy, mm. you know, and I consider all of those things. Um, I guess it comes back to like my sense of urgency to live. It was my biggest fear in life. I still till today, scarier than anything is being on my deathbed and thinking, wow, when I was young when I was healthy, mm. I could have done X, Y, Z. When mm-hmm. I was 20, I could have done this. When I was 30, when I was 40, when I was 50, I could have done this. Yeah. And now I'm tired. I'm living my last hours or days. I have a family, sure, yeah. And that makes me happy, I'm sure that would. But uh, maybe in my next lifetime, which I yeah. may not get. So so now to me, failure, I have a very like, I know what failure means. It doesn't mean not accomplishing a certain like small check on your list. Yeah. It's not having anything on your checklist. Mm. That is failure. Like yeah. if you're 70, 80 and you could have been X, Y, Z yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, you could have, or you could have tried and you would have rubbed elbows with some phenomenal people mm-hmm. and experiences. That's amazing. Um, trying is amazing. If you didn't at all, that's failure. Mm. Failing to do it is failure. Yeah. Um, not, you know, and I know there's like tons of, you know, uh, there's tons of athletes that have great quotes on this. Right. But like you miss a hundred percent of what you don't try yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jordan like butchering that quote, but, uh, but it's something along those lines of, it's not even about like missing it. Cause that's also very like pass fail mentality. Yeah. The fact that you're on the court shooting is like a, such a privilege. Mm-hmm. So and then let's take it back. You're not playing. You're trying out for that team. What a privilege. Let's take it one step back. Mm. You're not trying out. Yeah. You're practicing. You take it one step. And that's amazing. You're practicing to try out for a professional team. Let's take it one step behind that. You're considering it. Like, yeah. how cool. Like, how much spice is that to your life? Reframing that in yeah. your mind. Yeah, Just yeah. the opportunity to do that is, it's such a is part of the journey or that is the accomplishment. The journey is where it's at. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to just really... That's why sometimes I'll take certain things on. It's not that I think, oh, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. No, like <laughs> there's a lot of things I can't touch, but if I really want to perhaps, and I can contribute in some sort of way, I can connect with folks that can guide me. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing has been for coffee. I've always wanted to do coffee. Mm. I've never been a barista. And there's people that are better funded than I am, better connected, that have a lot of experience. Who do I think I am? Again, the difference is, is I have this vision. I think I can execute it. I can connect with some people that can help me build it. 
you know, let's do that. And that's where I'm at today. Yeah. Now we're doing coffee today, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll get to... I feel like what I'm hearing, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I don't like to assume people's identities, but I like to hear what you say and repeat it back, but I might use different words. I'm hearing like this realist who enjoys reflecting and reaching out and exploring and at the very least living like there's there's no exception to that like it has to happen yeah yeah i mean if you don't live what are you doing life yeah what What are you you doing doing? because you're really just paying bills and like waiting till the next paycheck or till the next day so it doesn't mean like every day has to be eventful or jumping off a cliff yeah not at all I stay in most nights and chill or like mm. uneventful mm-hmm. stuff, but um, yeah, you just have to, in my opinion, you just pursuing kind of like how you were wired. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different ambitions. Success means different things to everyone. And um, just having that, being true to yourself, I guess. Mm. It sounds like you, even though you know that there are things you cannot do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that you can do well or improve on. Um, For sure. At the very, say, at the very least, you have a powerful existence. Even with all that in mind. Like, there's things I can't do. Yeah. And there's things I'm not good at, but I have a powerful existence. And it's kind of by default. Like, it's because you chose to live. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It'd be hard for me to say I have a powerful existence. Yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, think of like, um, you know, the people that we we would consider successful. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not going to get down on something if, I, if I'm if i not good at it. I mean, imagine like uh, Jeff Bezos, who's not a friend of mine, by the way. <laughs> but he, imagine what his limitations are, what he can't do. Mm-hmm. There's more things he can't do than he can, right? Right, yeah. And look at where he's at, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I use him because he's very financially successful um but i think that goes for anybody and and so yeah being self-aware is so powerful it's so in like being honest with yourself which you're 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 kind of flirting with the being harsh on yourself slash i'm learning to like accept myself Mm -hmm. value myself like Mm -hmm. pat myself on the back like hey if your friend did this you'd be like that's awesome and you're mm-hmm. telling yourself, like... Give yourself that same word. Oh, so yeah. you look great in these yeah. jeans. Look at you. Yeah, yeah trying to be <laughs> like, winning. I'm feeling myself today. Yay. Instead of being like, hey, you know, you're not... You're still, like, a little heavier than you're used to. Or you're mm-hmm. still, you know... Go down the list of things in your mind. Yeah, you're not like, doing well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Always. Uh, you know, you could have been better. You could have been more polite. You could have been more thoughtful. You could have been more selfless. You know, mm-hmm. always, always, always. But... Being self-aware is powerful, mm-hmm. yeah. and and that's how you get better. Mm-hmm. Um, humility, I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's funny because I've sometimes been labeled as like, I don't want to say overconfident, but people are like, who does this guy think he is? I just have I'm to. Me? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, who? You're not, you haven't even been a barista. Like, how are you going to open a shop? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I have that humility to know that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I have some amazing people that know that are around me now and I'm listening to them and and they're listening to me and I've learned a lot and they're learning a lot. Um, It's that I just have to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. And you know what I believe Alejandro, you don't owe them an explanation. That's where I, I I think I'm going that way. 
I'm just kind of like, so it's always going to have something I was, to say. I was there. Mm-hmm. You did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there. Yeah. There was this teacher in high school. She was my theater teacher. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a lot of examples of, like, what I wanted to be or, you know, I, I didn't see anyone in my life, like, get a degree or things like that. So, these were things that I also didn't think yeah. were a possibility. For, and they weren't for a very long time. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. go to college until I was... Uh, well, I went to college, stopped college, went, stopped, went, stopped. Same, it took me same, forever. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, at the end of my senior year, which I also barely passed high school, <laughs> uh, I had to take night school in the summer to ha- make up a geometry credit. Like, they barely let me I walk. They were like, you can walk, but your diploma's empty. So like, no, oh! nobody look, nobody. So, like, they just gave me the thing, but there was no diploma yeah. in there. Um, but my, my theater teacher at the time, she said like the best advice that I have is just say yes to every single thing that you can say yes to. Like that person that asks you to go have coffee, um, that opportunity that comes up and then put yourself out there. And she made me realize like, that's a really unique gift that you have is you're willing to ask anybody, anything and put yourself in a really awkward position and hear no. Even if it's scary. Right. Yeah. And I think that's been like, that is really the, I, I do have a fear also of, I, I often say like I'd rather say oh well than what if yeah, and it's always sure. yeah. I'm always afraid of like what if I didn't tell that person what I wanted to tell them like what if I didn't say yes to going to that yeah. thing and not like I fear missing out on things I say no to a lot of things yeah, for sure but yeah. um, just taking advantage of of those things that come your way that naturally like put themselves in your path saying like let me explore this and then letting it go if it's not for you or or whatever that happens to be but that inspired yeah. me to ask a question. Um, of Alejandro, yeah. So, you know, I often get accused of confident, and it took me a while to understand that word. I'm like, oh, okay, I am confident. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what that means. Um, and it's not about a braggadocio or anything. It's just that's that is the essence of me. But um, people are often under the impression that I don't get scared shitless. Like I don't get like freakishly afraid that I don't get nervous every time I speak in front of a crowd. And so has fear been a product part of your experience? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I think if you don't have any fear, you're not aware of the situation you're in for Mm. sure. And I think that's the realest part. You're like, well, your chances of failing are like really high in this Mm. case, but you can't control the, the statistics. You can just control like what you can do and, and do you think that that would overwhelm that? So I try to break it down in a way. Like another fun fact, and, and I'll bring it up because it, it does kind of play into my psyche, is like um, I used to be an amateur kickboxer. and This is a fun fact. <laughs> I think my last fight was in 2017. Yeah, 2017 because I was full campaign mode 2018. And that was my fourth fight. So... In all of my fights, imagine you're training to go on in a ring against probably a stronger, in my case, younger fighter, um, to beat me up in front of my friends and family. Mm. And I'm wearing some small silk shorts. <laughs> Smooth. I mean, that's that was our, that's what, we're, yeah, that's what that's you do. It's like my yeah. nightmare that you just described. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah, none of that sounds like fun. And, of course, I'm not getting paid. I'm an amateur. So mm-hmm. why would I do that, right? Mm. Am I scared? Like, of course. That's why I train harder. That's why right. I run an extra mile. But two weeks before the fight, I start like changing my mindset. I'm no longer scared. I feel bad for the person's family. Like, 
Their nose is never going to look the same. You know, their mom's going to hate me. Yeah. That's how I'm going to approach well, everything. No one's going to love them again. I feel bad for you, audience. Yeah. I'm messing up your face. Yeah, you Take about back to get that it. power. Yeah. 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 I remember my first fight. I was making a left. Um, I was making a left. It was a week and a half before my first fight. And I had only been training Muay Thai for like, or Muay Thai kickboxing for like eight months, not long. And I was just like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm the first fighter out of my gym. So everybody's like looking up to me and I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? What if I make a left turn and a car hits me? It probably won't hit me hard enough to hurt me, but for sure to Mm -hmm. like get me out of this fight. And low key wasn't like mad if I got hit by a car so I can get out of this fight. And I remember getting to work and being like, wow, I'm scared. So scared that I get ran over by my car. Yeah, that's pretty fight, extreme. Then fight yeah. another man in a wow. ring. But then I started like Googling, back to Google, like how do you build confidence? Hmm. How do you build confidence? And and like Mike Tyson was a great example. He was just like, oh, I'm, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> and he would say like, he's just frightened. He's just super scared. But that he yeah. just had to tell himself, he, you know, he's the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> I love watching his like his existence mm. throughout the years. I love watching footage like that. His mm. greatness, yeah. He's a great example of like he came from where and he was just pure grit. Mm-hmm. Watching him with pigeons, then watching him in the ring. With tigers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's such a fascinating human. Yes. For sure. Yes. To say the least. And an intelligent man. Don't be fooled. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. He gets labeled as like a meathead. Yeah. Um his experiences imagine. Yeah. yeah. But um so I what I that I took that like really serious, and so I started to tell myself, ah, "Wow, this brings me back to my childhood." But I'll go into that in a bit. Mm-hmm. It was like, "All right, Alejandro, you're you're a bad motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. you're tough. Mm-hmm. You're the baddest man on the planet." Of course, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But like, tell me three days before the fight, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. Like I yes. was the baddest. Man. Time to start. I started it's walking time to around like, the car. Right. started walking around like, yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking like. There's no one that could stop me. Like yeah. I will fight someone and I will tear them up. And I remember I got to the weigh-ins, which was the Friday before the fight. Mm-hmm. I walked in with my head up high, <laughs> with my shoulders just all broad, and I saw my opponent. And I'm like, this poor, this poor fool. Mm-hmm. And like I looked him up and down and just like turned around, like giving that little side eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like went up to him and just greeted him off the plate, like, hey man, nice to meet you. Good luck tomorrow. But like just kept staring at him. And at the weigh-ins, like I looked at him like. The thoughts that were going through my mind was like, I'm going to kill you. It will you eat know? your face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we're clear. Like, luck, lucky for you, I'm wearing gloves and there's a ref That's there right. to keep me from killing mm-hmm. you. But like, but you had to thing. get in a different mindset. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. And the day of the fight, I remember one of my teammates was like, bro, you're calmer than I am. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I feel good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was the mind. I just had to. I had to. Right? Yeah. Did I get butterflies and jitters? Of course. Yeah. Like just like you do when you talk in front of people. But I was just so cool then. And if you put me today to like fight someone, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like I'd be so scared. Yeah. But in that fight, I was a little too chill. That adrenaline didn't really kick in until mm-hmm. like I got punched hard in the yeah. first round. Well, well, you're like, oh, and this I was is like, happening. Oh, this is a fight for real. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I had already punched him a few times, but when he punched me and, I, and it knocked my head yeah. back, I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, like, you? Why would you hurt me? I've been been nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Something I offer people when they research me and say, Hey, what do I do? I'm so scared. I'm getting ready for this thing, this interview. I'm talking about this thing. I say, look, 
I need you to play Eye of the Tiger and really enjoy it in your headphones. Like, that's what I need you to do. Do it before when you're getting ready. Just enjoy the song. Enjoy the song for a few days. Then right before you walk up in that bitch, listen to it. And then make sure you're singing it in your head yeah. on your way up there. Get mm. in that mode. Yeah. Like yeah it that. sounds silly. My mom did it and she aced what mm. she was doing in a That's presentation awesome. she never did. She was so worried about it. I love it's that. like, you got it. You yeah. just told me what you were about to do. You got this. Yeah. Get in the mode. Like, yeah. And that's very like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're telling him to fight. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally dig that. It, I mean, the mind is so powerful and I don't have control of mind like maybe it sounds like I'm yeah. saying I do but yeah. right but I really do I am intentional about uh like the music I listen to is different mm-hmm. it's yeah. way my playlist is way different before a fight <laughs> for sure mm-hmm. uh there's no city cool girls there's no that, there's no cool time to go. Yeah, no, on that playlist, there's no time for oh, sad boy sad bad. boy summer <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god <laughs> yeah inside joke (laughs) well yeah one thing that i just thought of um so this man that my ex-husband and i met on a plane his name was gael that's who we named our son after actually the stranger um he thank you yeah good name he um he in the course of our conversation like he was super successful and and nick was like well what do you like how do you prepare yourself for all these different things like how have you attained all this success and he just said like what's the other option failure and we're like yeah yeah exactly failure and he's like i just make a list like if i want to do this new business thing or i want to um he was also an athlete and he did a lot of different things that were scary it's like i make a list okay failure if i fail that means what? I'm homeless. That means I go to a shelter. That means I get a job. But it's like I just write out every worst case scenario for every single thing. If I ask this person out and then we get married and then it doesn't work out, then we get divorced then I pick myself back up then I find love again. And he just had this like system of I will write down every scary thing that can happen in this situation and then I'm going to write down a solution and then I have no excuse not to do it. Uh, and that just always stuck with me. And that's like, something oh my that gosh, I... I'm going to name my child. No, like Nick said that at the time. He's like, you just changed. And really that did change Nick's life. And like yeah. his business life reflects that now. He's done scary things and he's uber successful because he's not scared to walk in a room and pretend like he's the most successful man that's ever existed, knowing he has $2 in his pocket and no way to finance the job. He just bid. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I got this. I got. Th-. I remember when we first um, started his company, uh, his company now, our company at the time, we're bidding jobs. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we don't have these. It's fine. I'm it's doing fine. this. It's yeah. fine. I'm like, we don't have any employees. It's okay. They will come. Like, yeah, we got this. If you build No it. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> come and they did. Um, but I think there's a lot to be, to be said about. Like, that thing that we play in our mind, this fear of, like, what's the worst thing that can happen if I do this really scary thing? Yeah. Okay, if that worst thing happens, then what? What can I do? Because everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything yeah. is I mean, fixable. if you stay at exactly where you're at, mm-hmm. there's no guarantees that you'll stay there either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that that one is complacency and the other one is something you actually Word. want. Yeah. And, and you get to the end of your life and you're like, oh like, man, if only I had lived. Yeah. If only if only I had you're uncomfortable chances. anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, are you really happy working that job that... So choose your uncomfortability. And yeah. then it seems like choosing the, the new thing, uh-huh. the adventure, is temporary uncomfortability yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's actually more beneficial to move forward and try something scary yeah it's that, 
and and you could possibly argue it's not even it's only uncomfortable because it's change because yeah. change is always uncomfortable it's Which not even is uncomfortable. inevitable right mm-hmm. because if you got if you work at this company and you get switched they're doing some reshuffling in the company that's uncomfortable yeah if you get switched to a different position you get promoted to mm. uber manager someone that's gets hired still uncomfortable your boss gives you something new to do yeah mm-hmm. that's a privilege and that's a great opportunity uncomfortable your, your kid right? asks you where babies come from uncomfortable all of it's uncomfortable <laughs> i love those conversations <laughs> this is where i shine my, my, kids. my son asked me when i was driving out in an intersection there's this bird <laughs> my kids want me to stop talking about where kids come from at my, this point. my center yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's neither here nor there. So <laughs> coffee, tell us about, you want to talk about that now? Uh, what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, there's this coffee spot uh, called La Bohemia, which I'm super excited about. Um, you know, it's something that my business partner and I are working on, Carla. Uh, so for years I've always wanted, I think seeing my dad have his own business as a, as a shop owner, um, played a part. But the, the spaces that you create that, that can really inspire people, to me, is really special. Um, and all that traveling really helped in, like, develop kind of a theme, but also grasp the concept of how a space you create becomes its own world, right? Word. Yeah. Just like when you enter someone's home and it, no other place feels like that because mm-hmm. it was created. There's energy there. There's intention. Mm-hmm. Maybe some there's not like actual intention, but it's what's happened. Like coffee shops are one of them. Mm-hmm. Restaurants, bars, all of them. Yeah, sure. But specifically coffee because people go for a coffee, but a lot of people go for more than that. Right? Mm-hmm. You sit, you become part, or you're watching, you're witnessing, you know, whatever it may be. It's it's a special space, and so I love to entertain. I love to create, um, and it's really has become. The, it's a lot of work yeah so when i think of it i was about to say it becomes like a a, a creative outlet but yeah. then i imagine myself like washing all the dishes and like not stopping behind the bar and it's not it doesn't sound so much like a creative outlet as much mm-hmm. as it is like just non-stop work but it becomes something that you create which i'm very proud of um it becomes something that inspires people which is such a humbling and rewarding feeling people mm-hmm. to say like wow this drink you know maybe they didn't they don't say like you created but it's a, mm-hmm. like if it's a drink i created like this is the best coffee i ever had mm-hmm. and i'm just like wow like this feeling. recipe i made at home made someone say that like that's mm-hmm. nuts or people being like oh i love i love um your social media or i love the concept mm-hmm. and that is so cool mm-hmm. so that's really neat I think it's 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 beautiful it's your own um i'm just super excited i'm like over the moon with it uh i did jokingly say maybe not so jokingly when people are like what if you don't win the election you're running on a very like progressive platform you're being unapologetic Mm -hmm. you're not reaching out to certain like people for help and i'm like well they're part of the problem like Mm -hmm. They're like, you're not playing it super safe. What happens if you don't win? I'm like, well, I understand I might not win, but boo-hoo, I'll just open a coffee shop. <laughs> and then... Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Where did the name come from? La Bohemia? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 
I remember before I traveled to Europe, which is what I always wanted to do as a kid. I re- and I didn't really understand much of Mexico other than Hermosillo Sonora. So to me, that was Mexico. The food, the music, everything. Um, it's a very different than like Southern Mexico or Central Mexico. It's so close to the United States and it's very heavily influenced by it. So I had a friend that was living in Mexico City from Hermosillo. And he was... Uh, he, he, he just casually said, yeah, whenever you want to come visit, like, ahí tienes tu casa, you know, your house mm-hmm. is there, which is the thing you say, and I think you mean. But I was just like, you messed up, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you messed up because uh, I'm booking my flight. And he was just like, yeah, totally. Like, si no the land, here I come. Yeah. I flew out there a couple months later. He took the week off. He was, he was doing, like, a photography internship. Mm. So he knew all the spots. He... You know, we walked everywhere. It was the complete, it was the, the, the complete experience that I expected in my mind from like a European trip, which was like museums everywhere, people reading, people drinking coffee outside, um, you know, uh, the food being phenomenal, you know, some exotic jam on a baguette, all of that. <laughs> all of that was Mexico City. Exotic jam on a baguette. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's the title of this episode. Exotic, okay. jam exotic jam on a baguette, on a baguette. <laughs> featuring Alejandro Lara. perfect hey. and there's the intro thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was such a phenomenal experience and it was very it brought a lot of pride you know and something I cherished because I'm like you know where I come from you know we're seen as like working class folks that are undereducated, mm-hmm. and here I see a bookstore on every other like street cool you can't you yeah. can't tell me anything anymore. These, this is amazing. Hello, ironic. It, it blew my mind just seeing how like socially aware. I mean, it's a very progressive city. Mm-hmm. It's a very. I mean, they have a phenomenal university there. Um, they have a very progressive government. There's a lot of investment in like parks and and their and their arts. There's mm-hmm. you know tons of like small um, gallery art galleries and a ton of museums. It was just so beautiful. So much that I, when I went to Europe, I was a little, like, underwhelmed. You're mm. slacking. I'm like, wow, you're Europa. a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> but Mexico City just blew my mind. And I remember I wasn't I wasn't a photographer, or I wasn't doing any photography back then, but I had always wanted to. And my friend just, I had a point-and-shoot camera. And, um, and my friend let me hit oh wait like the battery died or i don't remember what happened it stopped working and my friend just handed me his nikon he's like just shoot with my camera and i'm like wow like a professional camera mm-hmm. i went to town i took mm-hmm. like ten thousand pictures mm-hmm. but i remember when i was describing how i felt i was just like you know mexico city was amazing it was way more than i expected everything was beautiful and this is exactly what my bohemian soul like needed mm-hmm. and then and that was the first time i feel like i used that word and it, but it just really like described how I, that's how I would describe the city, like bohemian. Mm-hmm. People read, people write, there's, everyone's artsy, everyone's a poet, everyone's a musician. And it was neat because I would get made fun of for being like a certain way, like, oh, you like to write, like, lame. <laughs> or like, oh, you're into art. Oh, nerd, artsy, mm-hmm. dude. And that's not the conversation in downtown Phoenix. Everyone expects you to be that way mm-hmm. or everyone acts that way. But when you grew up in West Phoenix, like that's not a thing, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a certain type of girl I could not attract because I wasn't like rough around the edges enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I think I just felt so like, oh, like this is where I should live. Like yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just part. I'm not fighting against any current or having to explain, you know, why I am this way. Like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. like stop yeah. explaining. But like I, I felt like I always had to. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So that word always stayed with me. So um, before I ran for office, I was like. I want to do a coffee shop. Well, what would I name it? I'm going to do a coffee shop. I just don't know when. And when the opportunity came up um, and I was sitting with Carla and a few other people and they were like, well, what would you name it? And I hadn't told anybody other than my brother. Uh, I was like, actually, I would name it La Bohemia. And they were like, oh, I like it. And like, <laughs> and then it just became a thing. Yeah, I saw the name and I thought, I like this place. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell you, your dream is allowing, not allowing, supporting the cultivation of other dreams. Whether you're inspiring people, but you also have, or, or um, being sort of an, uh, a mentor. But um, you have this space where people come there to do their damn thing. Yeah. Or something manifests, something beautiful. For sure. So it's like all these beautiful blossoms flying out from La Bohemia. That's mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we are very intentional about inspiring, for sure. Those and, books in that space. Oh, next super to, neat. I was like, I'm in heaven. What is this place? It's such a special place. And, mm-hmm. I, and that was definitely a big deciding factor about doing the location. shop now was lo- the location mm-hmm. like we're in between an art like gallery slash space mm-hmm. and a bookstore i'm like mm-hmm. uh word perfect you yeah. kidding me yeah and th- you could purchase those things at that place that's lovely you've done a great thing so are you all open every day now or are you still doing special hours we're doing special hours okay. until we are able to just have a setup mm-hmm. you know just the logistics side like if we're not able to turn out 60 lattes in a day right we don't want people to walk in there's nothing worse than like oh, i'm in my lunch hour i gotta get back and you walk mm-hmm. in oh you don't have anything okay right, thanks right well now i'm like not caffeinated and i'm hungry yeah <laughs> and i gotta and get I back have a to bad taste in my mouth about <laughs> yeah, you totally yeah. so you're being intentional about yeah rolling that out all of that mm, so that part definitely like you get there you want to work you know do you have like a nice table or you even sit it doesn't have to be super fancy but mm-hmm. i do it, it does need to match what does um, supporting outsiders supporting your dream or contributing to your dream look like? Oh my God, it, it wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be where it's at if we didn't have the support of the community. And if someone wanted to join forces and be like, oh, I want to be Team Labo Emmy. I want to. Yeah. What do I have to do to help you and your platform rise? What I mean, would reach they do? out. Let's see. What are you doing? You know, are you are you an artist? Are you um, just a coffee fan? Are you just excited that there's people of color and specialty coffee? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, like there's a place for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think La Bohemia, like you mentioned, to me it's important that it inspires folks because it's built off of inspiration. Hey. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's really special that, first of all, like it's not, specialty coffee is not marketed to people of color. It's just marketed to people that love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they're like, we're just going to reach white people. But folks that know about specialty coffee tend to be doing well in the 
are placed decently okay on the mm-hmm. social economic you know pyramid if you will so i sure as hell would have never learned about specialty coffee had i stayed living on 40th avenue in osborne mm. and working on 35th in osborne or earl because that's where i work yeah um why would you like no way so i think it, there's to me it, you know it's kind of nerdy but coffee nerdy but i find value in exposing specialty coffee or introducing it to my to my community you know to my friends being like why why is this sweet did you add sugar why isn't Mm -hmm. it like bitter like oh this is specialty coffee like this is what happens when you you know get a high quality coffee high quality coffee and you you make it you prepare it well you know and Mm -hmm. and also i can't stress this enough to me it brings a lot of pride to say well where does coffee come from comes from Ethiopia, comes from Kenya, it comes from Guatemala, comes from El Salvador, mm-hmm. you know, Mexico, obviously. Um, who roasts it? Oh, um, you know, Jake in Portland. Who drinks it? You know, Kate in Portland. Okay, cool. Uh, beautiful shop, beautiful product. But like, what happened to the producer? You know, mm-hmm. like this is their land. Like. They live a very modest life. They Mm -hmm. work all year round to produce this coffee. And everybody forgets about the farmer in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. They get peanuts. Mm -hmm. Peanuts. And so, like, people, again, people people of color are erased from, like, the the finishing result. And, And so we forget that. And I don't think they intentionally do that. But it's a good reminder. Like, I had a friend of mine, Max who's been in coffee for a few years and he's just a total whiz and, and has been phenomenal. But one of the things he told me, I was like, you're so good. I told him, you're so good at making coffee. I'm over here praising him. Like, you're the best. You're a coffee god. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, thank you. But all I'm doing is getting the lease in the way of, of the producer, the coffee, mm-hmm. of the land, of the mm-hmm. soil. You know, the soil, like it's people's land. You know, it's, it's the people grow up. Heritage. Yeah. Yeah. It's your heritage, and this is a product of it. This is a li- literally a fruit of the labor. Mm. So I'm just, Max is like, as a white guy, I'm just doing the least amount as a barista mm-hmm. in a cozy cafe, mm-hmm. the least amount to like ruin this for you, the consumer. Mm-hmm. I'm just a middle person, and I don't, I'm not going to take all the credit. I just, all I'm doing, if it's great, I'm doing the producer like justice. That's it. And I was just like, wow. So how does all that influence where you, like the decisions you make to where you're sourcing your coffee from or or the different products that you're going to. Well, in specialty coffee. Mm -hmm. So so to me, it's about like bringing pride to people Mm -hmm. in this case, like Latinx crowds that, you know, again, I can't help but feel like we're told like, yes, you're equal, even from like our liberal friends, Mm -hmm. but like also um, you know, although we're not told like, know your role, but also like low key, know your role. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait, hold on. We're serving a Mexican coffee from a roaster in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we have like Mexican baristas also like La Bohemia, you know, it's very like, it's not screaming, Hey everyone, we're Spanish speakers, but, or we come from this background, but it's part of like our DNA, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of like the foundation. So yeah. it brings pride to, you know, I remember the first day we had an event this gal was holding a cup of La Bohemia with the sticker that said La Bohemia. And they were just kind of looking around with this like little 
cute, happy face. Mm-hmm. And to me, it looked like pride, you know, because you mm-hmm. walk into Starbucks and you get your coffee mm-hmm. and you don't think about all those things. You just, oh, I love this. This tastes great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, makes you feel a certain way. But you don't realize it until, like, same thing with superheroes, right? Like, oh, I love Batman. I love Superman. But then you see, like, a superhero of color and you're like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That could be me. T'Challa came out. Yeah, what did that do? Yeah, Luke Cage. I'm like, excuse me? Black Catwoman says what? I saw I saw a piece of that Spider-Man, um, the the animated one. Yeah. That changed me as a parent. It, it made me feel a certain way, seeing mm-hmm. that, like a young kid, you know. Latino, black yeah, boy. Yeah, Latino, black boy. It made me, it, I, I'm like, oh, I'm an adult. I've read books on this. It's yeah. not going to get me. It got me. It did. got me. It made me feel I knew way. about Miles before he was on screen, but already. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> and it. see my boy, like they kind of look alike too and got the hair yeah, going. Really and I'm like, like this is everything. Mm. Representation is so important mm-hmm. and, and making it the norm. Yeah. I can't stress that enough how, how impactful representation is. Not, hey, let me also put the black girl on the cover, but hey, look at this amazing human. Mm-hmm. And she looks like me. Yeah. She... There's just so much value to that. I mean, I, I just really quick, I, you know, growing up where every man in my life was either an auto mechanic or, you know, just a, like a laborer, like a hands-on. Mm-hmm. That's That was normal to me. So I didn't see men that looked like they could be related to me that were that could that could possibly be a lawyer so that made it harder for me to imagine that that could be me Mm -hmm. so i remember i had a teacher mr cordova he um he this guy you know thick accent i don't know what part of mexico he's from pretty sure he's from mexico and he would every day just shaved face this this just his style he's just a very clean cut guy wear a, a dress shirt and a tie mm-hmm. and slacks and he always looked sharp 100 percent of the time and i remember thinking wow you know a mexican man super educated super sharp like that was i thought that was so cool mm-hmm. i just and i told him that he reached out and i was running for office and i told him that i was like hey i just want you to know like you know that was impactful for me seeing oh, that wow. as mm-hmm. a kid yeah and so Back to representation like it's not that i think that a successful man should be wearing a tie mm-hmm. it's not what i think but i do think that seeing someone like him was really rare as a kid mm-hmm. and it was very powerful mm-hmm. and it empowered me to know that i could be successful like him technically yeah. you know so with coffee i think creating a space a brand and an identity that's you know just like a like a i don't want to say like a premium product but like it is like a a quality space that's meant to showcase part of your identity mm-hmm. if you connect with it and there's just as much attention to detail and everything here as there is to like the finest coffee shops in town that are in arcadia or in scottsdale mm-hmm. and targeted towards a you know a higher like you know, a, a, a group of people that are higher on the social economic ladder or their income, 
I think I mean that would make me feel great, and it's not, and it hasn't been done in Arizona. Yeah. I don't know a lot of a lot of shops. I've seen a couple of examples, but most of the inspiration I find comes from coffee shops in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, where that's just what you do. Yeah, because almost everyone's Mexican there. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So it is creating kind of like a new, hmm. almost genre and whatnot. There's another shop in town that does it really well, Futuro. Um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it really challenges what you think mm-hmm. like a, a Mexican space looks like. Uh, and I'm, I love it for that reason. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's neat. My favorite spot. Yeah. Um, Steph and I are pretty uh, consistent with engaging in things that um, align with our integrity, right? Mm-hmm. So I would not say that I think I had a drink that was called Sucia. Mm. Delicious. Or no. What did I have? So she said does not mean delicious. I know. I know it doesn't. I know what it means, but I had a drink called that. You know what? It wasn't in your space. But I did have two drinks in your space that were delicious. I had your coffee. Highly caffeinated. It works. Yeah. To do the job. I said, oh, you want to go? Because we can. (laughs) And then I had a, a fruit drink that was very refreshing. And there was tahini on the rim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the watermelon water. Yeah, so you know what? Someone referred to it to me as a sucia drink. Oh. Or that they, they called it that somewhere else. Oh. But it was, I know that that's not what it's meant. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep I've saying the word. Heard. I haven't either, I know. <laughs> okay. But it was delicious. Awesome. It was delicious. So yeah, if people yeah. want to find you, where do they do that right now? So for now, I would encourage them to look us up on Instagram. Okay. That's where we're most active on communicating. Oh, the IG. On the gram. And what's what's your handle? I'm here for the gram. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Slide uh, in the DMs while we're using terms that aren't being used the way that they're supposed to be used. Uh, yeah, you can slide into La Bohemia's DMs. <laughs> we'll answer questions. Uh, it's La Bohemia, uh, PHX. So L-A, uh, B-O, M. Oh my gosh. There's no, no, there. What am there's I doing? A, there is. Oh, B-O-H. Yeah. E-M-I-A. I, yeah, La Bohemia, PHX. Wow. We'll write this out too in the show notes. We'll like, give them oh, a link no wonder you almost didn't pass high no. school. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. And if they want to find you, uh, I'm, I'm also on Instagram. I'm at uh, Look Larios. L O K L A R I S. Apparently, okay. I have to find you on Instagram or something. Yeah, find do you on it's always a I feel emboldened to explore your social media presence yeah. because this has been a beautiful conversation uh, and I enjoy your brain oh, and, thank you. and your story. Thank you. Are you going to ask him a crazy question that doesn't make any sense? I'm sorry when you get interviewed for you. (laughs) I don't even know what she's going to ask you at this point. Prepare yourselves. No. No? No. Oh, it's happening. Okay. I was like, oh. No. So you don't get off that. What was your best Halloween costume and why? Like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Your best. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I remember. Oh wait. I can't think. Power Ranger. Ooh. I mean, which, it was when being a Power one? Ranger was like everything. Legit. Do you remember which one you were? I don't. I, I don't a remember. Deep love for the Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I remember my favorite <laughs> one. I just don't remember being in that. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to make it up. Was that last year? Or yeah, when, yeah totally. okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the last time I dressed up for Halloween, I was definitely like 
29. I'm just kidding. No, I was I was a kid. Is that not something you do anymore, dress up for Halloween? Yeah, I don't do the Halloween thing. Well, we are having a Halloween party for Jazz's birthday, so oh, you better I've be there never, in, in October 22nd. I've yeah. never had a Halloween birthday party, and I've always wanted one. And Steph's like, well, we're doing it. Absolutely. So. And the thing about this episode, we're doing Yeah, and our That's costume amazing. is one to be rivaled. Oh. You'll just have to show yeah. up and oh, see. you're not going to tell me. No. no, it's a... Obviously, a I just duo. told you. I just told you my entire life. <laughs> you sure no, did. Don't even tell me. Now this you're is our podcast. To show up. Sorry, this is how this works. That's we fair. ask the questions here. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. What was your best Halloween costume? Snap. Um. No, one that was really cute was I was in an actual Pooh Bear costume, <laughs> and Noah was a pot of honey. That's the, wait, was he like a baby? He was and a baby and he was in the pot, of of, like it was That's a little pot of honey costume. But my best costume, I don't know. Um, it's not the best, but it was so fun. I went to this party and somebody was uh, La Loteria cards. Yeah. Okay. And it was so cool. But NWA was there and they didn't even do blackface and they were all Chicano or Latino identified. Okay, for a sec, I thought you meant. NWA was there. No, yeah. no. I was just like, wow, what a like, No, <laughs> was and they're like, and I was Snoop Dogg. I happened to be Snoop Dogg. Nice. And I was doing my pose and everything, so we all nice. posed together. Oh, you're gonna was, have to produce that photo. It was we great. need to see That's that. Beautiful. But I wound up looking like just some girl from LA and not, <laughs> not Snoop Dogg. Dogg. <laughs> but you knew. But you were. they knew I was Snoop Dogg, yeah. and I knew they were Ice Cube and Easy E <laughs> and all that fun. Yeah, That's, so cool. That's awesome. That was fun. You. Um, I used to love dressing up for Halloween. It was my, I would look forward to it all year. My mm. mom would always make my costume. Um, and I just always remember it never working out for the car. Like when we were going to, I never <laughs> thought about it. And then she's like, oh shit, you got to get in the car somehow. Like one year I was a crayon and she was like shoving me in the backseat because I had to be straight the entire time. Or then another year I was grapes. And so I'm like, oh, if I sit down on all these balloons, because they were purple balloons. So I'm in the backseat, like, pop, pop, pop. By the time I got there, I was like a purple leotard, basically. <laughs> um, or let's see. One year, I wanted to dress up as the bride and the groom. So okay. my mom cut a wedding dress and a tux and sewed it together. Oh, fun. And I was, <laughs> but my mom wasn't a skilled so, um, seamstress. So yeah. I didn't realize, and this is middle school, like the most important time of your life. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So from the front, it was fine, but it split oh, in the back and oh. no one told me. And I just thought I was so cool, you know, taking all these photos and yeah. I was like nude underneath two of my entire middle school socks. Hello. Yeah. Cool. Why was I nude? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't feel the adventure. Wow. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. So I, I always have really good. You say things. crayon too. So how do you say it? Cray crayon. Uh, crayon. You say crayon? I say crayon. 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 Oh. I th- my mom's from the Midwest. My oh, dad's from Memphis. So I wonder if that impacts the way. I've I always bet. been called out for saying things a little mm. different. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I forgot they say soda a prop here, and I say the other one. Soda, it's... I say soda. What do you say? You say apparently pop? I say pop. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay. But I say soda now because I've acclimated. Mm. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. People often ask me if I'm from Albuquerque. Apparently, Albuquerque has a very specific way of saying certain words, like yellow mm-hmm. or. I'm not even gonna I've heard it going. in my colleague's yeah, I know. voice. Oh, okay. I've heard you, but I hear some of the words because mm. my colleague. Um, 
she is also from New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Give her my number. We can say these words. You to met her. What? I didn't know she was from Albuquerque. We would have been best friends. I don't know where she's because, from. Because you just thought it, that's just how people speak. She, she doesn't hear the accent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's why she felt like home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A... I'll be hitting you up. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Anything else you want to add? No. I, I, uh, I thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Yeah. And um, these are good questions. Goodness. Good. I'm going to have to go home and reflect now. I just, just took You're, me, like I said, a process. realistic reflex. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, That's but really, good. like, um, what I, what I guess kind of like, I just want to give a shout out to everyone that has been a part of like my journey as I, as I was just telling it, mm. um, because definitely I don't want to sound like, like an, I was going to say individualist, but more importantly, I guess what I want to highlight is just how when you surround yourself by supportive great people that inspire you whether mm-hmm. they're hands-on with your projects or are there to support or they were there for a while but they inspired something mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be where I'm at today hadn't I not been around wonderful people whether they're in my life today or not so preach a dog yeah, preach. yeah. <laughs> so it's just super you know it comes down to um, it's it's a it's a community that you can build so it takes yeah. a village it takes a village yeah. My yeah, son said, does it really? And I said, well, let me tell you about your village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. It's really thank inspiring you to hear your I'm story. Sorry. Yeah, so don't forget to oh, yeah. follow oh, Alejandro. Me. Don't forget to shout out to uh, on us or on the social meds, all right? <laughs> uh, we're at our handle on Instagram is the other side podcasters. Our Gmail account that's the other side podcasters at gmail.com we are everywhere in the podcast verse now finally official you can find us on apple spotify pocket cast i learned about so many mediums anchor Mm -hmm. i know um google play some things i didn't even know existed were probably there if you look for i the way i found us on apple was jazz and steph Oh, interesting. Yeah. Typing that. And that's how I found Apple it. took a few months to decide yeah, that we were worthy. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So okay. this was great. This was great. All right. Done. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>